Hello, Hockey Town. How you feeling? This is Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan Nolan Bianchi welcoming you to Lockdown Red Wings for Monday, January 21st, 2021. Uh, big thanks to all of you who tuned in for yesterday's first show. I uh, had a lot of fun talking to you guys, recapping the weekend uh, of the two losses to Pittsburgh and Florida. Hopefully some more wins on the horizon won't be the case today. We've got some more losses to talk about, unfortunately. The Red Wings falling in Colorado yesterday on Martin Luther King Day, 6-3 to to the Avalanche. So we got lots to talk about from that game, uh, plus maybe a look ahead at tomorrow's game against the Minnesota Wild if we have time. Uh, make sure to tell your friends, tell your co-workers uh, real quick if you don't mind. Uh, tell anybody who's crazy about the Wings as you are to download and subscribe to Lockdown Red Wings. Uh, we're hoping to build our community. We have a Twitter page now. You can find that at LO underscore Red Wings. And then you, of course, can always find me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi. You'll be the first to see when a new episode drops. Join in on the conversation. Uh, hop in with some videos. We'll be posting videos and and stuff like that there as well. So come by, hang out. Like I said, jump in the conversation. Um, we're going to be slowing down a little bit with the, with the All-Star game this weekend and uh, won't have as many games to recap, so we'll figure out what we're going to do later in the week and uh, talk about that just a little bit later, uh, either today or tomorrow. But in the meantime, like I said, we've got a game to recap from yesterday. The Red Wings falling to the Colorado Avalanche 6-3. to Nice little uh, Monday afternoon matinee for the Red Wings that didn't turn out quite the way they wanted it to. Uh Really, just top to bottom, this game did not look good, uh, to put it lightly. Uh, Jimmy Howard was in- incredible again. He was frankly the only reason why. I mean, you look at the you look at the six goals by Colorado, and I'm sure if you haven't been watching the games, or if you just missed the game, you probably assume that uh, Jimmy Howard is returned to form. Uh, from earlier in the season or what have you, but he actually played at just as well, if not better, than he did this weekend against the Florida Panthers and Pittsburgh Penguins when he got back on track with those two close games. Uh, but he made 40 saves on 45 shots, and frankly, he was the reason why this score wasn't 10-3 to because they uh, Red Wings got outplayed pretty much every end of the ice from start to finish. Uh, Detroit goes 0-2 on the power play. Probably not enough chances to really be disappointed with the fact that they didn't score, especially because the the power play did look a little bit better today. We'll talk about that a little bit coming on. Dylan Larkin, poor, poor Dylan Larkin. Uh, goal, two assists. Um, leads the forwards a nice time with 22-32. Has 11 points in his last 10 games. He can't get any support. Um, Franz Nielsen left the game with an upper body injury. Mike Green leaving the game with an upper body injury. Uh, really just top to bottom a performance that you would like to forget about uh, against a team that, well, it's pretty much basically what the Red Wings are going to be shooting for uh, when they look at how they remodel their rebuild. Uh, I believe Ken Daniels talked about it a little bit on the broadcast, just kind of how their rebuild was accelerated or accelerated, pardon me, through uh, you know making those trades at the deadline with Matt Duchesne and collecting assets, and you never know what these draft picks are going to turn out to be, what those draft picks or you know where those draft picks are going to be when you trade for them, and uh, I mean when you just look at the amount of young talent on that team, nobody 
perhaps right now hotter than Kale McCarr, the rookie defenseman. He's got, I think, 37 goals uh, through 41 games this season. We'll talk a little bit about him. He had a couple points today. Uh, Nazem Kadri with two goals for the Avalanche. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, I believe, had two. Um, and uh, the Red Wings jump out to a one nothing lead in the first, uh, despite all of that. Uh, Avalanche lead the league in goals during the first period with 57, so you kind of thought that, you know, maybe the first period we would really get a taste of, of what kind of team uh, was going to show up today for the Red Wings. And uh, you did, but they, they still had a lead. Uh, his first shot of the game, great play by Dylan Larkin to uh, get in on the forecheck, strip the puck from Zadorov and get it to Tyler Bertuzzi right on the doorstep for a one nothing lead just about two minutes into the game. Caught everybody off guard. I think it was, I don't know, how far is Colorado from Eastern Santa? Are they two hours behind? So, yeah, nice little, nice little 1, 1 p.m. puck drop in Denver or whatever it was and caught him napping a little bit. Great forecheck by Dylan Larkin to get in, uh, strip the puck cleanly, and then good awareness by Tyler Bertuzzi to see that his, his teammate was going in, get to that far side post and just whack it right in. 18th goal of the year for Bertuzzi. Uh, he'll be at the All-Star Game on Saturday representing the Red Wings. I'm sure you'll all be tuned into that. And first point since the win over Ottawa five games ago on January 10th, uh, bumping him to a team leading 35 points in the season. This line was very, very good tonight, the Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin line. We talked a little bit about Larkin and his uh, you know, goal to assist. Uh, and he was really leading the charge, helping that helping that line get going. They had eight of Detroit's 25 shots, him, Zadina, and Bertuzzi. So that was a really, really good thing to see was that line getting going early uh, and really just keeping that energy going throughout the entire game. Uh, there are times where you kind of watch this team and you're thinking, does anybody want to win out there? Well, today you didn't really want that because there was uh, the presence of Dylan Larkin and Jimmy Howard, who was incredible again. It didn't take, you know, the avalanche really long at all to get back into the game after Bertuzzi put the wings up one nothing in the first period. Tyson Jost got a look out, uh, out front all alone. Landis Gog came down and hit the post. So, you knew that this wasn't going to last. You knew the Red Wings were going to have to score more goals if they were going to hope to stay in this game. And, you know, somehow the Red Wings come out of the period ahead one nothing. I think that was a pretty big surprise to everybody uh, given the way they played. The Avalanche go on the power play right off the bat. Um, the Red Wings, as we've known, their their penalty kill has not been very good, especially as of late. It's really, really hurt them in games. Uh, but Avalanche... Maybe catch them, at, catch them at a good time. They're 1-for-20 in their last seven games. Uh, and the Red Wings get a really big kill to start the game. Uh, but they go back to the penalty kill almost immediately as Nemeth heads to the box. Again, he took the first penalty uh, as well. Um, this one's a little more legitimate. The first one was on Kadri. He dove a little bit. and it, I'm sure you have your own personal thoughts on Nazem Kadri. I think he's kind of a... Uh, well, we'll say rat. Um, so this power, <laughs> the second power play for Colorado, uh, had a little more juice in the legs. Um, like I said, Red Wings looked really good on that first PK, uh, but second one, Colorado gets a great try in the slot. Landis Gog again, McKinnon just misses on a one-timer from the left circle, but the Wings get the kill. 
Uh, special shout-out to Luke Glendening, by the way. He was really, really good on the uh, penalty kill in the first period. And uh, just really a, a huge reason why Detroit was able to kill off those two penalties early. And then uh, at least the first couple minutes of a Tyler Bertuzzi penalty later on at the end of the period that we'll get to in just a second. So the Red Wings really, to this point... Uh, a one nothing lead, two huge penalty kills, and uh, Jimmy Howard, absolutely stellar again. Uh, you kind of got the sense that he might return to the form from Friday and Saturday night, uh, or that he was carrying a pretty big bump in confidence. Uh, you kind of just tell the way he was challenging shots. Not a lot of rebounds were, you know, finding their way out of his crease. They were all getting smothered pretty quickly. Uh, all that little stuff that you look for, uh, moving side to side really, really well. We talked about that uh, on the last podcast about how he, good he looked doing that uh, against Pittsburgh and Florida over the weekend. But, uh, you know, the Red Wings get a four-minute power play right after they get those two big kills, chance to go up uh, two goals against a team that had really outplayed them to that point. Um, and, you know, it takes them a while to settle down, but they eventually get some chances about two minutes in. It was a four-minute uh, power play for a high stick to Mike Green with seven minutes left in the period. Giovanni uh, Smith gets some really good looks out front. Redirect goes off a crossbar, and they come up empty. But uh, it was still an improvement, I thought, from the power play that we saw on Saturday night against Florida. On yesterday's podcast, we kind of talked about how uh, you know, Jeff Blashill's comments and, and Dylan Larkin's comments about how at times the power play seems like it's a little bit too complicated uh, or that they're, they're you know, just simply trying too hard, making one too many passes, trying to force passes, trying to trying to dish that puck across the crease or something like that uh, to the point that it's, it's a pass that's too hot to handle, it's a pass that misses the mark, and it really just disrupts the flow of things. But there wasn't, you know, anywhere near that amount of... Uh, of that going on I thought on Monday um, Red Wings really just trying to get pucks on net and that's definitely one way to to simplify the power play by the way one of these days well maybe not even one of these days honestly probably almost there right now uh, that's Zadina one-timer from the right wing on the power play is going to be uh, a first unit asset that that's going to be something that I think Red Wings fans are going to see for years to come on that power play. Maybe not, you know, so much uh, like the like the Capitals see with Ovechkin or something like that. Nobody can compare to Ovechkin, but uh, I remember thinking he had a one-time chance uh, from that right wing on that power play. Uh, it just got blocked, but it was a laser, and I was like, man, it's going to be a nasty shot one day. And then like two minutes later, Fox Sports Detroit pulled up the uh, the highlight of his first career goal from that spot, and I was like, oh yeah, that's where I've seen that before. Uh, but anyways, you know, at the end of the period. Bertuzzi gets called for a high-sticking penalty, and that really is kind of what flips the game back on its head because the Red Wings had picked up some momentum, some much-needed momentum that they got from that, uh, from those two big penalty kills in the face of pressure with their goaltender standing tall. Uh, and then and then Bertuzzi goes to the box for four minutes, uh, matching that four-minute power play from Colorado for a high-sticking penalty. Uh by the way, I mentioned this on my Twitter yesterday, uh, but if you get mad at Colorado fans booing Tyler Bertuzzi because they think he's Ty Bertuzzi's son, you're a giant stick in the mud. That's one of the funniest things ever. It's mob mentality at its finest, and it's, frankly, it's the reason why I love sports. Uh, I one time went to Monday Night Raw, 
and everybody was chanting, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. And I was chanting both. I just wanted the place to be loud, you know, that's, I'm all about it. That's all I'm saying. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know how Tyler Bertuzzi feels about it. I haven't necessarily heard his comments. I'm sure he doesn't care. Uh, but I think it's really funny that they don't realize he's not Ty Bertuzzi's son. Or maybe they do, and uh, it's a little more tongue-in-cheek than we think. But, uh, again, not much going for Colorado on the power play uh, until Tyson Jost goes in all alone. Jimmy Howard comes up big, sends the Red Wings to the locker room with that 1-0 lead. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was really impressive about Jimmy Howard on Monday uh, through this first period was not that it was, you know, just that he had a shutout going, uh, but that his saves were a lot bigger than showed up on this, the score sheet. He had 18 in the first period, and a lot of them uh, qualified as saves that would be bigger than would show up on the on the stat sheet. Um, you know, they, they came on special teams, you know, right after the Red Wings scored to go up one nothing, or at the end of the period when Colorado has a chance to force a huge swing of momentum. I thought he looked really, really, really good. Uh, but, you know, when you watch these games, and we kind of talked about it, you know, before, about how when when that team is coming, that opposing team is coming, and you're just like, man, how long is this going to last? It didn't last long, into the third, or into the second period. About two minutes from that, Tyler Bertuzzi penalty carries over, um, and Colorado ties it up pretty much a minute in. Uh, there really wasn't much Howard could do. Kale McCarr walks the line, waits for a lane, fires a wrister. Kadri tips it high to low, beats Howard. There's not much a goaltender can do about that. Um, so, you know, it's it's one-to-one -to, -one to start the period, and as much as uh, a goal to end the period uh, hurts, that's a goal that hurts equally as much. Uh, to begin the period, after you go into the locker room and, and do the whole, let's go, boys, you know, we got this. Uh, we can play with these guys. We just killed off two minutes of their power play. We got two minutes on the back end. And then to come right out of the locker room and, and give up that lead one-to-one -one on the power play, uh, it is just kind of demoralizing. Two minutes later, uh, McCarr works some magic, throws a nifty move on Giovanni Smith at the blue line, gets a pick from a teammate, walks in all alone, and finds McKinnon for a backdoor pass to put the put the avalanche up two-to-one just three minutes into the period. Um, this one... Uh, not uh, was not a good goal to give up if you're the Red Wings. Uh, there was a missed backdoor assignment. Both Biega and Filpula get tied up with the man in the high slot. McKinnon, probably the most dangerous man on the ice, has nobody on him, uh, and he gets low cross crease uh, for for a pass from Makar. A lot of puck watching going on on that goal. A lot of uh, elementary hockey that you, you don't want to see. The stuff that's inexcusable. There's two different kinds of, of plays that I think happen throughout these games uh, a lot of times, and that's, you know, a, a goal like the first one, you say, oh, they were on the power play. Nothing nothing really too crazy happened. No misassignments. Just a good hockey play, a good deflection. This was not one of those. This was a complete breakdown on the defensive end. And uh, like you read about, that was a huge momentum swing. Uh, it, it completely rips the life out of the Red Wings uh, at that point. Uh, they got two shots on goal at the midway point of the second period. The Bertuzzi line got a little little bit of a look late that went through the five hole and off the post. Uh, but other than that, not much to write home about after the Fabry breakaway near the midway point, which was a good play. 
Uh, I will admit that uh, Alex Biega makes a good play at his own blue line to strip the puck, get it up to Bowie. Bowie feeds it to Fabry, and he's able to uh, go in all alone. Wasn't able to score, had a defenseman on his hip, but uh, a good good play that you know you really need in games like this to kind of flip the momentum back on its head. Alas, they don't score, uh, and and for the rest of the period, really just are struggling to get things going. But they still somehow managed to head to the locker room uh, at, after the second period, only down by one. Uh, Colorado's 22-4-1 while leading after two. Uh, but I think given the circumstances, that the 2-1 to score is something that the Red Wings would take at that point, given the way they've played. And uh, they're going to give themselves a chance to come out in the third period and, and maybe put one in and, and kind of quiet the crowd and, and find something there that can you know help earn a win. Wings enter that third period, uh, like we mentioned, down 2-1, in a position to get back in it with a single shot, but also in the position to completely fall apart with a shot by the Colorado Avalanche. And that's not necessarily what happened. Um, you know, the Colorado came out and, and they added to its lead with a with another goal from Kadri uh, just a couple minutes in. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe at that point it felt like the game is over because – I think back to this one thing that so this is one thing I think about all the time when I think about like this Red Wings team uh, specifically is I remember watching in 2002 finally some good memories that we can actually talk about here on the show uh, but I remember in 2002 that game seven against the Colorado Avalanche uh, this same team um, in Detroit when when the Red Wings beat Colorado seven nothing uh, they they Chase Patrick Waugh, probably one of the greatest memories that I have of being a Red Wings fan, honestly. But uh, I remember one thing. I think it was like Gary Thorne. I don't remember who was on the broadcast. But the Red Wings went up 3 nothing in the first period. And I remember, I remember one of the guys on the broadcast said... They don't just have to get back into this game right now. They uh, they realize they have to get four past the Dominator, Dominic Kosick, and that's a tall order. And I thought it was interesting because I don't know why I just never really thought of it like that. Like, yeah, we're down three goals. We have to get three goals. But when you think of it uh, straight up as the Avalanche have to beat Dominic Kosick at least four times to win this game, it becomes a little bit more daunting. And that's kind of the perspective I put it into a lot of times with this Red Wings team is do they have, are they capable of scoring three goals in a single period? Uh, And, you know, we've seen it at times. We've seen random explosions for goals and stuff like that. But I think on a night-to-night basis, that answer is no. Uh, So when when this happens, when you come out in the third period and you're a goal away from tying this one up, and then that, that, that... uh, that backbreaker comes almost immediately. It just kills you. Uh, it was another, you know, cross crease pass went right through Jimmy Howard's crease. Uh, not as egregious as the first one. Uh, Colorado is in the zone for a long time. Guys tied up along the boards really did a good job of just applying the pressure. They came out in the third period, like they wanted to grab a three, one lead. They bring the heat tire out the Red Wings in that attacking zone. Uh, Nazem Kadri slips behind the defenders and uh, like I said, another one just goes right through Jimmy Howard's crease off the tape of the stick and in the back of the net. Uh, it, it appears Colorado had some magical juice in them on Monday, uh, deploying the NHL 13 strategy. 
uh, where, where guys are just open to rip one-timers from the slot or, uh, you know, bang-bang plays from in the crease because uh, about 53 seconds later, uh, Nieto rips a one-time snapshot from point-blank, uh, snipes the crossbar and in, really just put the wings to bed. But I would say that at this point, if you need any more examples that Dylan Larkin is deserving of the next uh, next C in Detroit, um, open your eyes. Because he was really, you know, like I said, his line was was the best line all game. And then he makes that great play on the forecheck to start the game to get the puck to Bertuzzi. After Colorado makes it 4-1, you think this team's dead. Uh, Dylan Larkin proves once again that he uh, he might be the only Red Wing who is not dead. Uh, like the first goal, he starts a play behind the below the goal line. Great goal scoring effort, but uh, a better forecheck on the dumping that led to the goal. Um, that was their first shot on net in eight minutes and 58 seconds. By the way, that third period goal by Dylan Larkin, and uh, you know even though even though it was a weird game, a lot of goals going in, it it did already kind of feel like too little, too late. They wind up getting uh, another goal. Towards the end of the end of the period, Giovanni Smith gets the second of his career. Poor guy just wants to celebrate a goal, but the first uh, first one he scored was last Wednesday uh, in New York during that eight to two loss to the Islanders, and then of course uh, Monday's goal was in the middle of a six to three loss, five three at that point. Uh, so maybe he could have celebrated a little bit, you know, try and get the boys fired up or something like that. But you know, he probably knew the game was over. Didn't want to, uh, didn't want to, didn't want to get uh, too heavy-handed there with his uh, his celebration. And uh, sooner or later, they're going to get a goal that you know it's either in the first or second period before the Red Wings go down by two or three, or maybe it'll give him a lead. Uh, but but his his time is coming. Luckily, both of those goals have come on the road too, so maybe he hasn't necessarily felt as compelled uh, to celebrate. But his time's coming. Don't worry, Giovanni Smith. Uh, a bright future for that kid. I'm sure he'll score a couple more before this season is over. Uh, Avalanche had an empty netter kind of at the end of the game to close this one out and bring this one to its final score of six to three. Uh, all in all. Like I said, I thought the Red Wings did not look good, uh, with the exception of that Zadina, Larkin, and Bertuzzi line, with Larkin obviously leading the charge. And, and then in net, Jimmy Howard um, was stellar again. Like I said, he made 40 of 45 saves. Not much more you can ask from them. In the middle of this stretch without Jonathan Bernier, when goaltending was such a huge question mark heading into the weekend, uh, and now all of a sudden you know, you go three straight games with your goaltender being your biggest asset, Weird stuff, man. That's one. That's one of the things about this team is you never know where y- you expect them all to be a, like as a as a collective a little bit below average, but then you have like these weird random spurts of like guys showing up and uh, and playing a big role within all of that. So all in all, an entertaining game, uh, even though you kind of figured that the Red Wings were always going to lose it as they were being outplayed pretty much constantly. But uh, exciting to watch, cool to watch uh, Colorado, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, all those guys. Uh, like I said, that's that's a team that Detroit looks at as a blueprint. Uh, they gained a lot of assets, shipping off Matt Duchesne, you know, making all those trades years ago when they were when they were bottom dwellers in the league. I mentioned yesterday that that the uh, the Red Wings are going to challenge for the worst for the worst team since the lockout. They're challenging the Colorado Avalanche from two three years ago. So. 
success in this league is not always something that's going to be, uh, you know, at a defined pace. Some rebuilds don't work at all. Some rebuilds work quicker than others. But I think when you look at this Colorado team, if you're looking for a best-case scenario for what Iserman and the Red Wings are going to try and do over the next couple of years, that's it. They got their core pieces right now with uh, Bertuzzi, Mantha, and Larkin. Uh, and, and they just need a couple of these next draft, draft picks to hit. Right now, there's a, a lot of guys in this pipeline that you don't necessarily know what you have, but you hope are going to turn into top-tier talent. And, uh, and that's something that only only time will be able to tell. Uh, these next couple of years, these next couple drafts, this maybe this draft in particular uh, it is is super important. You got to hit on some of these guys. You need these. You need young guys on entry level contracts to kind of fill out your roster. You look at really any success in any professional sports league. That's how it's happening. You got your core, and uh, and you got to draft well to to supplement those top pay guys with uh, some lower level entry uh, guys on entry level deals. So um, really, like I said, an entertaining game. It was three o'clock on a Monday. What else you got to do better than watch the Red Wings? I enjoyed watching just because I like to see, uh, you know, it was good to see Jimmy Howard do well again, like I said. But uh, they got one more before the All-Star break on uh, over this weekend. They will play in Minnesota tomorrow on Wednesday. So check back uh, tomorrow for a preview on that, plus whatever you guys want to talk about. Hit me up on Twitter, at Nolan Bianchi, uh, or at LO underscore Red Wings if you want to tweet at the podcast. Like I said, we'll be engaging on there. We'll try to interact with you. Um, Really just look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to growing uh, uh, the show. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to rate and subscribe. Leave a f- leave a comment with some feedback. Feel free to DM me if if your words are if your words are gonna hurt a little bit. Um, but really, just thank you so much for listening. Uh, two episodes in now, and I think we're really starting to find more of a groove. So check back in with us Wednesday. Check back in with us Thursday. Check back in with us Friday. Uh, check in with us every day here at the Lockdown Network and the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We got your team every single day, and that's how it's going to be from now on. We'll see you tomorrow.